What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Tip of the Cap podcast. I have a very special guest here today, my first via phone call uh, <laughs> guest, Dan Savit from PBR. Um, Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, uh, who you are, and where you're from. All right, thanks. Uh, actually, it's a pleasure to be on here. I, I've been watching what you've been doing over the past few months, and I think it's awesome. And, you know, Western New York has a a place in my heart you know it's a where we when we started pbr it was a uh, an area that we had a lot of success in early and gaining more traction so i really appreciate what you're doing um in that baseball um scene so but yeah about about me you know I'm, i grew up in a really small um northern pennsylvania town Elkland, pennsylvania um I, I went to at the time the school is no longer um even a school anymore the school is uh, separated but um, I, I went to a school that was 32 kids in my senior class, public school, and I was very fortunate enough to to be the Pennsylvania Player of the Year my senior year in baseball and was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Indians. Played uh, eight years with the uh, with the Indians throughout their farm system from, you know, rookie ball all the way to AAA when I was in Buffalo. I made my debut there in Buffalo and was able to sign a free agent deal and, and went on with the uh, Royals and finished my career with the Pirates. Uh, so 11 years total uh, in the minor leagues, uh, over 500 innings pitched, a lot of wear and tear on the arm, and had a little stint of independent ball mixed in there, a little college coaching as well. So, you know, baseball's obviously been my, my thing since I was very small and very appreciative um, of what the game has really given me um, you know, throughout my young career. So very, very, uh, excited to be on the show with you and talk. Well, I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm very, very excited to have you. Um, you know, I honest to God, never thought in a million years when I started this, that this would get as big as it has, as quick as it has. Um, you know, and just, just having a guy like you even take notice of it is, you know, it's very humbling on my end. So you know, I really appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday to do this with me. Um, no problem, man. In fact, I know that I think did Buffalo win. So if Buffalo won, I think this would be a good talk. I'm not sure if they did or not, but oh yeah, they uh, they pulled it out. They it, it was a little rough to start, but they uh, they ended up pulling it out with 17 unanswered in the second half. So oh man, that's great. Good good for Buffalo. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting time of year on these parts. Let's let's hope we can hang out of that excitement for at least a month or two. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, so you got uh you're 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 the man with PBR, so I'm told. That's uh that's what Jay Wetzel told me. You know, he said 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 you're the man. I've seen you uh, seen you, you know, labeled as the boss a few times on PBR social media. Uh, why, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about that and uh, how you how you got started with it and you know what what exactly you guys do in case there's one or two people out there who don't know. Well, I would I there I know there's people that don't, um, and so you know i'm really appreciative of the opportunity to be able to talk about it but um i was actually playing in, in puerto rico in the winter leagues um back in 2000 it would have been 2013 and it was october november ish and it was just time to it was just time to start thinking about the next chapter in my in my life and and my arm was bothering me pretty much almost every other start i had significant issues going on and it was just it was it was a complete grind to where it was taking me completely out of how competitive i could be so it was time to look at some other options. I started plugging away at, at what, what I could do, and I, I found the, the prep baseball report um, was, was looking for a New York State guy, a guy to run the state of New York. And, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it, but that wasn't really that um, 
not a characteristic because I, I wasn't into that side of baseball yet. I was, you know, always was in professional baseball from high school. So I started understanding and learning more about it and was uh, able to go out to Chicago where the headquarters are and, and meet with, with the, uh, the guys that started it and found out that it's actually like a franchise. So um, at the time it was in 14 states. Um, when I when I took it over in 2014, I was the 16th or 15th state um, that they had, and and basically started it from the ground up. It wasn't in New York previously, so it was it was something where I was able to, um, you know, start it from the ground up. And the the thing that that I look back and I'm really proud of right now is the fact that I I'm not from New York, so I didn't have connections, um, I didn't have any roots dug in the state, so I had to really do this from the bottom level and um, it, it really started with creating relationships and talking to high school coaches and talking to travel coaches and and as you know and I follow you know I follow some of yourself so I know you know it's it's a rat race and the the travel ball scene is is really um, you know out of control it's in some aspects so it's it was a really tough scene for me to get into and you know it's it's a business so um, I wanted to make sure that, yeah, we were we were providing a really, really um, professional um, service for the kids that was going to um, help them get to the next level, and, and we were going to be able to balance all of those things from being a business but doing the right thing, um, staying true to what I believe in in baseball and, and trying to make sure that I didn't cross any of those lines that, I, that you can't really get back. So we've we've been at it really hard now, and – you know, it's it's really it's really blossomed and grown since 2014. It's it's a uh, it's a real blessing to be honest. And it's real. I'm really um, fired up with how it's been received um, because at the first the first couple uh, months were really tough sledding. Uh, we were we were really working uphill, and uh, people thought it was PBR um, professional bull riding. They thought it was perhaps <laughs> blue ribbon. I don't know how many times I had to explain to people what I actually was doing. So it was uh, it, that you want to talk about humbling. That was humbling because you know coming from professional baseball, and I kind of thought, hey, you know, this will I'll be able to do this without any without any issues. And I had to uh, I had to really really dig my feet in and, and grind. And that's that's the competitive you know competitiveness in me, and that's I think why we've been successful because you know those sort of you know core values that I kind of started with. I I hear you on that. You know, I mean, I. I've lived in both worlds of, you know, high school coaching and travel coaching. And I can tell you that anything or anyone that kind of bucks the system a little bit definitely gets some pushback. So, you know, there's, yeah, you know, when, when, you know, I saw it as a young coach seeing, you know, having a really, you know, really talented team and, you know, coaches who are like, I'm, I've been coaching longer than you've been alive. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my team's doing far better than yours and that bothers you. That's why you're, you know, that's why we're having this conversation. But, yes. uh, you know, and I, and I can tell you from experience, I know when, you know, there was a, there was a heavy, a heavy brushback through the high school ranks, at least when, uh, you know, when PBR first came and started becoming noticeable on social media, you know, it's, oh yeah, you know, PBR, everybody throws 90, everybody's got a one eight pop time, you know, you know, I've, I've seen that kid play his whole life. There's no way that kid throws a one eight one, you know, kind of thing. And it, yep. you know, over, over time, it's definitely you know, definitely opened some eyes, turned some heads. And I think it's very, very much so well more received these days than it was at first. And I, I can admit that at first I was a little skeptic too, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, 
I think it's normal. I think, uh, A, like I said, when you're, when you're a business, right? So you're coming in and you're, you're a business in the amateur baseball um, world. You're, you're going to get people that, you know, they're going to label you right off the bat as a money grab. And the reality is there are so many um, money grabs out there especially in um, New York state. I mean, I deal with it on a, on a full-time basis. I see it. I see them all over. A lot of guys, we just call them the fly-by-nighters there. They pop up, they run a showcase event, they promise the world and they're out the next day. And then, you know, they're never going to talk to you again until it's time for you to come to the next showcase. And I just, I looked at, I looked at a lot of different things and how we could uh, really relate with the parents and the kids. And, and we've really, really um, embraced the social media, which, has has really exploded for us and you know now we're averaging over a million views per month and on each of our outlets so just in new york so um these these kids now that come to the events whether you disagree or agree you know the numbers are always going to be in question and i i try to make sure that we have uh credibility that's obviously very that's your foundation to stand on so um, we want good people like jericho weitzel that's going to be um, you know, helping at events or, you know, my, some of my full-time guys like, um, Jared Kerr, um, Anthony Goncalves, like these guys are, um, are real baseball, um, professional people that are not going to skew the numbers, you know, but it, when I started this, it was me and, you know, you know, my dad was running camera and my mom was, you know, she was checking people in and, you know, it was, it was, it's really evolved. So, um, you know, there's, there's been people that have taken shots and, that's that's fine i get that i embrace it and i welcome it and that's why i like to have conversations with with people like you that um maybe at the start you had that opinion but i think you've seen our body of work over the years now has been really consistent um it's 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 continuing to grow and we're not you know putting the uh, the brakes on at all the, the the pedal's actually getting farther and farther down so um but yeah, it's always going to be that way when you're when you're doing numbers on kids and when you have rankings involved, people are going to always have uh, questions and you know it is it is just the way it is. Absolutely, um, you know I, I I've definitely come around you know and then it's I'll be honest with you a lot of it has to do with how how out there and active you yourself are and you know it's it's a lot easier to think differently of a you know, a business or a company when there's a face to it. And I mean, me and you have talked quite a few times now, you know, be it via messenger on Twitter or, you know, a couple of texts back and forth here and there about different topics, different things. And, you know, I've, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I respect the hell out of you for what you do. And I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jealous as all hell, but, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, one I, of those. I, <laughs> there's, there's a, uh... You know, I, when I get the emails from the parents, you might not be as jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, I, I deal with my own side of those too. So, yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things that you know the the more you pay attention, the more you you know it's like anything else. You you know, the more you learn about it, you're you can form a more educated opinion, and, and that more educated opinion on my end is, you know, you're. You're not a money grab. You're absolutely by no means a money grab. You're not in it to say, oh, I don't care. This kid just paid me X amount of money for this showcase, and I'm going to get him to come to 27 more, and right. that's going to be my vacation home, and see you later. I mean, you know, we, we, we've talked, and, you know, you've, you know, offered to help kids out every chance you get. You know, I, I mean, you know, hey, like, where where did that kid come from? Why haven't I seen him? I need to get – I need to see this kid. I, you know, we need to put stuff out on him type stuff, and, I, and that's what I love, you know just the, the willingness to help the kids and help the game. 
Well, I mean, I think the what, something I realized really quick into this was that a lot of these other showcase companies, and, and to be honest with you, like we are, a, I would say we are a scouting slash events slash um, promotional um, vehicle for these for these kids. So yeah, we love the scouting. We love to come to high school games and do scout blocks and scout some tournaments in the summer. And I, I love personally doing the scouting reports when I'm doing a top performer spotlight on kids. And, and those things are exciting for me because I get, you know, I'm going to write something about a kid that I hope he really truly reads. And maybe he maybe asks, asks some questions and that maybe it's something that he can um, continue to build on. So that that part of it, you know, when it comes to the scouting and stuff, I I love it. But what, what I noticed early on was these other, you know, companies or showcases you know that there was no face to them they were a name there was an email to contact there was so there was nothing substance there was no substance to what they were really and and i said listen i'm gonna just bet on myself i'm gonna i'm gonna put all the 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 chips on the table and you know and i think it's paid off because i think there's never been a naysayer and i've met a a lot of them there's never been a naysayer that i haven't had a a personal one-on-one conversation with that we haven't left that conversation on the same page. And, and that's me. I'm very, uh, I'm very receptive to criticism and I, I wear uh, my emotions on my sleeve and I will, I will try to do what I can to, to fix the situation or to, or to do, you know, like you said, I've helped kids come to events, um, give discounts out kids from New York city. There's some kids that, that, that were in really bad situations that came to some of our events, um, you know, basically just as a scholarship, we, we really are doing these these things for the right reasons, so that's that's why we kind of um, we we take chances like this to get on and speak about what we do because there's always a new set of seventh eighth graders coming through, right? So it's there's always new information that needs to be funneled through, and um, the parents not all not all the time the parents you know they don't always get the best information from. Um, they're the people that they're they're closest with in the baseball world. So we want to make sure that we we utilize platforms like yours to really you know, you know set the table the right way. Well, like I said, I you know I definitely appreciate that because that you know again that means a lot to me. Um, you know that's it's it started as something I wanted to do for fun, and you know the fact that I got guys like you taking notice and wanting you know contacting me saying hey I want to get on this. You know that's really in the last two weeks I've had for people like when are we doing it when are we doing it when are we doing it and it's you know. i've been i've been honestly like and it's, <laughs> it's no it's no i'm not blowing smoke at all i right right away when you started i was like i i, I listened to it i i liked i liked some of your tweets previously i i you know i'd I look at some stuff i'm like this guy's you know this guy's you know he's grinding and you know i i i appreciate that and, and respect that a lot so when I listened to that, I listened to one last week that had one of my guys that's like a part-time guy, Jericho Weitzel, great young baseball mind, comes from a baseball family. Um, and I was like, this is turning into a really, really good podcast. And, um, you know, I think it obviously like anything, this is going to take time, but I am, I'm going to help push this out and hopefully, uh, just help, help you guys grow a little bit. And this is, uh, this is what it's about, man. Well, like I said, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, you know, one, one of the things that we talked about before we started recording here in our little short little chat when uh, we were just kind of laying things out was, you know, you uh, and you've t- you've touched on the social media aspect of it. And, you know, I, I love how active you are. I, I probably share 80 to 85 percent of the things you tweet between, you know, either my, the tip of the cap account, my personal account or the, the Lancaster baseball account. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I 
because I, I love the messages you send. I love the things you put out there. And I, I have noticed that there is some some pushback from some of the guys. And one of the things, probably the, the most recent one that I saw, um, you were talking about sprinting into a net and throwing a ball as hard as you can is not arm care. And I saw there was, there was a tweet on there that, you know, kind of fired back at you a little bit. How, how do you, especially being the face of a company like PBR, how do you, I mean, I, I know that I, I deal with, you know, from time to time, the, the aggravation of having somebody kind of fire off on you a little bit and, you know, being a high school coach and, you know, wanting to have, you know, the respect for this podcast and stuff like that and have it not be seen as, you know, a joke of any kind or, have you know, have a bad reputation. How do you, how do you manage stuff like that? Cause you're, you probably have 18 times the followers I have and probably deal with a lot more than I do. So like, how do yeah, you, that, how, how do you, how do you level that out? Well, I mean, the, so my personal account has, has grown substantially over the past two years. I mean, I, I started in, in October of 2017, just as, Hey, I think I need to have uh, a personal Twitter account, and it's—I mean—we're we're creeping up on fourteen thousand followers on it. And the goal for that was oh like to show, you know, to, you know, to, to show people, um, you know, just a little bit a deeper look into me, and 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 I use it as a motivational page. I mean, ninety-five percent of the stuff that I put out is all trying to motivate um, high school baseball players and or you know amateur players. And and what happened was I saw a. I saw a video and it was like the third time I've seen a video very similar to this, where you got a, a, pro, a program, you know, Hey, come do our arm care, um, come to our arm care program or, you know, whatever it is. And they, their, their promotional video is a kid just doing a, uh, what they call like a running gun or a pull down into a net as hard as they possibly can. And that's, a, so my tweet was really broad that just said, Hey, arm care is not, you know, X, Y, Z it's, and what that was really supposed to mean was, you know, there is, there is so many things that go into a proper arm care um, program. And it's not even a program to me. It was a lifestyle. I mean, I, if, for me to play as long as I did and to battle, cause it, you know, you, you can do all these things. You can do um, whatever program you want. There's so many of them out there, but it not, none of them ever, completely take you out of risk for being you know injury or or having an injury so um you know i felt like i was doing the right things with the cleveland indians and i still had a shoulder injury right um so you know it's so i i take it i take a lot of uh pride in 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 those sort of things in my experiences so it bothers me a little bit because especially like the pushback you'll get will be from like a high school kid that doesn't have any experience um is you know reads a book or reads something on um, online or watches a video and thinks they became an expert in, in certain things. And I just, you know, I, I'm just a big believer that uh, experience can trump a lot of, uh, a lot of other things out there. So, um, it's, you know, I grew up, I grew up playing baseball, listening to my grandfather who, you know, at the time was, you know, my hero. And he, uh, he played a little bit of pro ball in the Phillies organization and, you know, if he said jump, I just said how high, Gramps. That's what it was. I mean, I did whatever he said, and and you know, so when it came to learning baseball, that's how I learned baseball. So now it's, I mean, and I'm only 35 years old, and it it the game has changed so much, and it's it's tough at times because it's like you know, why don't we do this throwing program and and, and do some of these things? Why are we accelerating our arm? all the time in workouts and why are, you know, why are we doing these violent things all the time? Sometimes I put common sense above what the science says. And I, you know, I just start looking at it that way. And so the pushback, honestly, 
it has really been pretty pretty small. That was a recent one that you saw, and and it was um, and the you know the kid just you know that's that's what you get from high school kids sometimes. So, right. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know I want to make sure that that I put out really good stuff, motivational stuff, and um, once in a while I'll have a personal opinion. And at the end of the day, it's I do want to make sure my face is very um, clear. It's out there, um, and, and so people know they got they have any concerns, questions, anything to do with the prep baseball report in New York, they know exactly who it is. And, um, it's not an email address. You know, it's, it's a real person that you can have a good conversation with. Right on, right on. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I I think the whole thing is interesting because I've, I've found in the amount of conversations that I've had just simply just since I started the podcast. And I mean, this goes, this dates well before that when I, you know, when I was 19 years old and, you know, I'm a starry eyed kid on, on Christmas, listen to Rick Lancelotti tell stories about playing, you know, double a ball in some small town somewhere. And, you know, right. I'm just sitting there going like, wow, that'd be cool. You know, and just sitting back and listening and, you know, there, there's so many different opinions. There's so many different viewpoints. And there's so, like, like you said, there's 800 different arm care programs. There's 9,000 new technological advances in whether it's, you know, arm mechanics, swing mechanics, fielding mechanics, whatever it may be, a new way to put science on a number on a player. And no matter what you're going to do, you're going to have blowback from somebody who thinks this other way is better or smarter or whatever. And, you know, I, I personally, I think the thing that I, I take the most out of and probably the stuff that I share the most from the Lancaster account, at least is, you know, the, the, the are you willing to do this type stuff the you know this yeah. is what it takes what are you doing to to move toward that life like are, are you willing to forego you know the late friday party for a early saturday workout are you willing to say no to certain things to do bigger things in life and stuff like that and i personally i think that's something that gets lost on a lot of people especially around this area um you know because there's there are a lot of talented ball players and there are a lot of guys that do really, really well around this area and with the teams they play on. And then you take that next step and it's, I think that next step is more humbling than a lot of kids are ever even ready for. I mean, you bring up a good point. Um, I went, I went actually this morning, went to, um, so there's a travel, a travel program where I'm from right now in Elmira, New York. They're called the Seneca, um, all-stars and they have several teams um through like i'd say 10u or 11u all the way up to to the you know the 18u and their coach good friend of mine brian jones asked me to come show show these kids like just like what a structured throwing program should look like and so i you know i get there and i and i'm and and there's 11 and 12 year olds this morning i'm working with them and then an older group comes in and so I, I'm just showing them basically like, you know, hey, we got to make sure we get the hips loose. We have to run a little bit. We have to get the arm loose before we actually throw because nothing drives me more insane than going and watching a game. And I, and I see kids put their bag down, put their cell phone in their, um, you know, in their bag and they walk out with their glove and they start playing catch. So they've, they've just bypassed super important steps. And so um, I was just trying to give these kids you know, a look into what what we did and what I did. And, um, I pulled them all together and I said, listen, guys, I can show you this awesome stuff or you could go get a, 
uh, a program from this guy, X, Y, Z, and pay this amount of money, and it's, you know, whatever, it's going to make you throw 90 miles an hour, whatever it is. I said, none of that matters unless you're willing to give up consistent time to develop what we're trying to do. So if you aren't willing to do this on a consistent basis, because I've always found out when you get excited, right? So I'm there, these 11, 12 year olds, their eyes are huge. Like they're dealing, they, they're, they're working with me and they're excited. So yeah, they're going to shake their head. Yeah. Coach, we're going to, we're going to do this every day. And then when I leave and they go home and they're playing Fortnite, they realize I'm not excited anymore. So that's probably not something I'm going to do all the time. You, that's why you don't have every player go on and play college baseball and then go on and play professional baseball or any sport, you know, kids that are really good in football, not how many of them go on and play college and then go on to the NFL. Like it's small numbers because a, those guys that do make it to those levels are number one, extremely gifted, talented wise, extremely, or they're very, very talented, but they're also able to take the work and do it consistently. And they're able to, to build consistently. So I always talk about setting 10 day goals. And I just tweeted this the other day. It's for me, it was always about setting something that was realistic in my front mirror. I could see it and I was going to reach it. I was going to feel good about it. I was going to then go and set another one. And I was going to continue to try to reach those short term goals. Because at the end of the day, if I set a bunch of short term goals and I reach them all, I've probably gotten better. You know, in the sport, in school, whatever it is, I became a better player, athlete, student. And it's so much better to do that because you're constantly seeing the results versus, hey, at the beginning of the season, we want to win, you know, the, the you know, go to this high school finals. And, and, and it's seven weeks, eight, nine, 10, 12 weeks away, whatever it is. It's such a far goal to try to reach that you forget about it, you know, three hours in. You know, but if you're working towards that 10-day goal, I told the story. This is a real. This is a true story. I was I was in um, Florida Instruction League in 2000, and I think six. Charles Nagy was one of the pitching instructors in the Indians organization. So there's like five of us throwing a bullpen, and I was a real good fastball changeup guy. And to be honest with you, I started for a long time without a really good breaking ball. So I had a fastball changeup, which was you know pretty much the bread and butter, and. That particular day, the changeup was bad. It was up in the zone. I was pushing it. You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't just. I wasn't doing what I knew knew how to do. And so he, Charles was like, "Hey, um, listen, I'm gonna be back in town in like, you know, 10, 12 days. So let's work on these four things. And then when I come back, I want to see it. So that's really where it all started for me. Because when he left, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Charles Nagy just told gave me like a goal, like gave me <laughs> a, something to work towards." So, and I, you know, I'm just like this, you know, I was like, you know, 20, 22 years old, maybe 23 years old at the time. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I went at it and I was working in the hotel room on extra. I was, I was pulling my other pitching coaches aside when he was gone and trying to work with them. I was doing stuff with my roommates. Like I was doing everything to get that change of better. And I remember when he came back, it, I had, I had a really good bullpen and, and he saw it. And I remember him just saying, Hey, it looks good. So I knew that he saw that I had made the, made some adjustments and, Basically, from that moment on, I, I understood how important those short goals were going to be for me. And I think if everyone could embrace that, uh, we'd have, you know, we'd have a lot more successful athletes, um, people. Um, it's just, it's, it's really smart, I think. And, and it's really kind of what I've lived by for quite a while now. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that's a good one, you know, and even, 
you know, as a high school coach, I know, you know, when we break our guys down, we tell them, you know, we want one personal goal and one team goal for the year. You know, and we, whenever we talk about our season, we talk about how short it is. You know, we, we pick up the first full week in March and it, you know, if you, if you're playing at the end of May, you've had a great run. Absolutely. You know, and so we talk like, we, we talk about like, you know, these two goals and we don't have a ton of time, but you know, I, I think, I think the adding in at minimum a short term goal, like, all right, you know, what's, what's your personal goal? What's your team goal? All right. Now what's your goal for this week to get there? Absolutely. You know, I, I think, I think that's going to be at bare minimum. It's definitely going to be something we talk about in coaches meetings to tell, you know, to, to bring up to our guys, because I, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I think, you know, any, you know, I, when you, whenever you talk about goals and you, you, you focus too much on the big picture, you don't, you know, you don't focus on the road that it takes to get there. And, I, yeah. I like I, I saw I saw that tweet I loved it and you know it's it was definitely something that I you know I planned on bringing up the first time I think we're having our first meeting this coming week and uh, you know definitely definitely something I'm going to be bringing up for the good of the order there. Yeah, because like these these guys, it could be a simple something as simple as I'm going to take 500 ground balls or 500 swings off a tee, like something they can hold themselves accountable to, and it doesn't have to be setting any records. You know, it can just be. My goal was to do that. Maybe it was to knock out, you know, 250 push-ups this week or, you know, 25 pull-ups a day. Anything like that where you know you're having to do it, you're going to have to, you know, put your nose down and work. Right. And mm-hmm. then get after it. And it's, but it's so much more rewarding when you yourself can reach these these obtainable goals. And, you know, the body, the mind, it's all such a powerful thing. And, and it's just if we put it in motion the right way, awesome things can happen. Absolutely. Now you touched on uh, touched on the on an interesting one about you know the you know do do this program and you'll throw ninety and you know it brings me back to a uh, you know some somebody asked you a question probably earlier this week late last week whatever it was saying you know would you rather have a guy throwing eighty that can you know knock a dime off you know off a pencil tip or a guy that throws ninety and just brings it and you said why can't I why can't I have the guy that throws ninety knocking dimes off a tee. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, especially being a pitching coach, it, you know, that definitely spoke to my heart because, you know, it's, you know, everyone's heart, you know, especially in this day and age, it's all velo, velo, velo. Cause you know, I don't think there's any doubting that, you know, there's a magic number that gets you noticed, but at the same time, if you don't know where it's going, 90 doesn't do much for me. If you can hit the broadside of a barn from five feet, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I just, I really, I've seen this, um, and, and even younger and younger now, the kids, it's, it's, it's really became like, if you throw hard, like what, like, it's like picking sides. Like if I throw hard, I'm not a command guy or all command guys are soft throwers. Like, that's like, what I feel like people think now. And I'm like, I took a lot of pride in being a, a really good command guy. And I topped out at 97, you know, so I would have been considered a, hard throwing lefty i mean i was a left-handed pitcher that threw 95 96 touching 97 i mean that's premium velocity from a left from a lefty and i took so much pride in being able to throw the ball where i wanted which is why i was able to survive for 11 seasons throwing a fastball changeup no breaking ball the breaking ball was terrible it was it was it was a high school breaking ball at best that i could that i could throw um, harder as I got more arm strength and pro ball, but it was never a good pitch. And I can honestly say that without any denial. I mean, it, it just wasn't good. So 
for me to be able to survive that long against that many good hitters with a fastball changeup, I had to have control of it. But I, but I also wanted the velocity. Like I don't, I just feel like there's people now that like they draw, they've drawn a line and they said, okay, you want to be a command guy, have fun throwing 82. You want to be a, you want to be a guy that gets looked at by the pro scouts in Division One schools. Well, you better hit 90 or better. So come join our camp. And it's like, guys, I mean, it's it's hard for me because I. I was the guy that wanted all those things and everyone I played with wanted those things. And that's the reality in pro ball. They, you all want to throw 90 plus and have command. I mean, no, you're not going to go very far in anything in life if you can't control what you do. Right. So you can't go to work and, and, and basically say, Oh, well, you know, I'm supposed to be here at eight, but I show up at nine every day. Right. Like your boss is going to say, well, can you, you can't control like getting here on time. No, I can't like, well, then I guess you're not going to work here any longer. You're not going to be a, a pitcher if you can't command the strike zone. It's just not going to happen. You know, and then when I talk about commanding the strike zone, you know, you have to be able to command quadrants of the strike zone because these guys in professional baseball can time a Lear jet. I mean, if you throw four fastballs down the middle, they're going to time it. So you need to be able to throw in spots and then you have to be able to, you know, change it up and mix speed. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really changed. It's really changed. I think social media has changed it because now you have a lot of these, these I don't want to say nerds, but I just, guys in every <laughs> like people that have never played the game that have such strong opinions and they can do it behind a computer or behind a cell phone. And it's a lot, but like those people won't have conversations with me in person. They would never talk about, um, they would never disagree with me in person because it's like they don't have a leg to stand on. But it's easy behind, you know, a computer screen or, you know, the cell phone because, you know, it just it, it's there's no accountability at that point. So it's it's tough for me because, again, I'm and I'm not old, but I'm an old school baseball guy. I believe in the respect of the baseball, uh, how you play the game, how you look. Um, you know, I just I believe in all those things. And that's how I was taught and raised. And I mean, my gosh, I was I was taught that the way you wore your uniform really mattered to the fans that were watching, like because it, it came from a military thing, you know, cause back in the day, these, these guys were in the military, they were serving in, you know, overseas, they came back and, and were playing, you know, major league baseball and how you looked and how you dressed, it mattered. It was your uniform. It was supposed to be one singular form. Right. And now everything's a hype machine. There's, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, can I, wear, I have sunglasses, but I never actually wear sunglasses. They're on different parts of the head. And, you know, how much eye black can I have on and how many wristbands can I wear and how many, you know, batting gloves can I have in my back pocket also on. And listen, I get it. Kids are expressing themselves. Uh, it's made baseball a little bit more fun. Bat flips. We got, you know, we got that, that sort of uh, flair that's now jumped into the game and it's, it's, it's made people like watching the game a little bit more. But, and so I don't dislike it, but I just, I didn't come up through that era. I came up through where, you know, in the Indians organization, you had to be clean shaven and you couldn't wear your pants up. They had to be down. Um, you had to wear black spikes and a belt stuff tucked in. You couldn't have your hair, your actual hair touch the collar of your jersey or it had to be cut. I mean, and I, and you know what? People would complain about it. And that's what you, that's what 19, 20 year old kids do. We complain about it, but you know what? At the end of the day, I, I respect the hell out of it because I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to, they were trying to teach us 
a, a lot a lot about life and what it's like going to be you know what it's going to be like when we get out of baseball and and you know so I, I look back on those experiences and that's where a lot of my passion and motivation comes from is you know just the things that I've experienced so when I talk about how you wear a uniform and I get I get pushback from that sometimes like like who cares what kind of socks you wear I'm like I'm like well you know you you say that because you never played you you don't you don't get how you don't understand when you have a a coach standing in front of you that's served in the military that's been with the you know an organization for 25 years as a hitting instructor and he's you know in his 80 80s and he's in a golf car and he's telling you a 19 year old how important it is to wear your uniform the right way that's a big deal when they preach respecting the game and what that actually means it's a big deal and i just wish that this new wave of of young players would really start to embrace that a little bit more and i don't think it's passed us by i just think it's it's been a little dormant and it's time to kind of bring it back and that's you know a little bit of what i try to i try to do with with my personal account you know it's it's funny you bring that up like i i can speak from personal experience i mean i i put something out a while back about the and and, i mean and this comes from a coaching standpoint you know as as a coach are you in uniform on the bench and you know, are you wearing gym shorts and a polo or gym shorts and a pullover? And I got a lot of pushback on it. You know, no, oh, nobody cares what the coach wears. Nobody cares what the coach wears. And I'm looking going, yeah, but it's baseball. Baseball's different. You know, it always has been. And, you know, I, from the day I started coaching at the young age of 19, you know, your coach was in uniform. And, you know, as a coach, I had to be in uniform. My, my boss made sure of it. And, you know, I, a lot of it, I think comes from that. You know, I, th- I think it comes from the, you know, I, I can, I can speak from experience at our high school. We, you know, we tell our kids like everybody's, if we're doing, if, if someone's got their pants up, everyone's got their pants up. Otherwise yeah. everyone's got their pants down. You yeah. know, everybody, everybody's wearing a black helmet when they come to the plate because you're a team, you're one. It's, it's not about you. It's about us. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, about, it's the, we, not the me. That's what I love about baseball so much is that it's it's a it's literally an individual sport. Like it's or it's like the pitcher's individual. The ground ball hit to the third baseman. That's an individual play. It's like, you know what I mean. Like the batter is facing the pitcher. It's in it, he's you know he's not getting help from his bench players. But then it's such a it's such a team game. So it's such it's it's just such a great game. I mean it's 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 really it's best of both worlds and um that that stuff means so much to me like the just like you said like how you wear your uniform i mean there's a guy johnny gorl um was our was our field coordinator he couldn't really walk that well he was in a at that time in his, in his life he was in a golf cart 99 percent of the time during spring training had to be 75 at the time and he was in a full uniform so i'm thinking how could I be complaining? It's, you know, it's 92 degrees and I'm, and it's Florida humidity. I'm, 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 you know, sucking wind through my ears. And how can I, how can I complain though, when this guy is out there in his uniform and like, cause we used to have to, you know, we, we worked out in full uniforms. Now I even think they've pushed, they've, they've drawn it back and the minor leaguers can wear, you know, shorts during practice and, and those kind of things, which is, that's fine. Like, you know, I'm not saying that you're better because you, because you wore pants or not, but I'm, right. but I'm and just the principles behind it meant a lot to me because you started feeling like you were doing, you were playing for something bigger than yourself. And they, they, they made you buy into that. 
and every organization I played with, they all came from the same, they were all caught from the same cloth. I mean, when I was with the Indians, when I went to the Royals, the guys that were there knew me from when I got drafted. So they were scouts that drafted me or that were on me in high school. Now they're in the front office at the Royals. Okay, we want Savit because we know what kind of person he is. We know what kind of teammate he is. He's going to be a good clubhouse guy. Right. Those things mattered, you know, because it wasn't just he's a lefty that throws mid-90s and, you know, that's intriguing. Yeah, that's great, but there's, you're with these people 160 days in a row. And, you know, you have to be a good teammate and you can't, you know, you can't be a guy, even though it's an individual sport. Like I said, you're trying to get to the big leagues. You're, you want to do great. And sometimes you forget that there's all these other players on your team that are really trying to do the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happened. I mean, when I signed, then when I signed with the, with the pirates, they were the front office, they were guys that were in the front office of the Indians. So they knew me, they knew me from my time there said yeah we're gonna we're gonna we'll sign him because we know what we're getting right you know and I, the one thing i've never done and i can honestly say this and we could go you could go check every reference i've ever had i've never burned a bridge so i just was one of those guys that you know i, I could we, we the conversation could never end it's like this this phone call our batteries might die before <laughs> this end because it's like i'm talking to a baseball guy about awesome interesting things and i don't care if five people listen to this podcast to me this is a really good way to spend an hour on my sunday night talking about some experience that i've had talk about what i'm doing now and uh, being a part of what you're trying to build i just think it's incredible you know it's funny because i was i was thinking about it the other day and i was like you know if i if i were to ever have like picked a different name for this i think it would have been just telling baseball stories because that's what a lot of this turns into you know uh I've talked to a couple guys about very specific topics that they wanted to talk, um, you know, but for the most part, every single guest, it's, it's really just turned into, you know, telling stories, talking about, just talking about the game. And it's one of honest to God, my favorite things to do. Um, you know, it's, I, I mean, I, I, hell, I talk into a microphone to myself for, you know, 45 <laughs> minutes twice. And when I, you know, couldn't figure out a time to get somebody else on with me. So, you know, it's one of those things that I, I could do this all day, every day. And, you know, I'm pretty sure my, my girlfriend likes when I do it to other people that aren't her because she just like starts to tune me out after a while. But, uh, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, it's, I, I, my, my second year coaching at, uh, at Lancaster, I had, we had three kids walk up to us. Um, Benny Hafner, who ended up playing at UB and then getting a chance to go to Sam Houston when UB's program folded. Um, Jimmy Krolikowski, who was a scrappy kid who went into playing at ECC in Fredonia, and another kid, Tyler Hoffines, who was another ECC, and then he went out to St. Louis to play. And they came to us midway through my first year, and they were like, Coach, like we, we want to wear uniforms for practice. Like We want to be in white pants and a black shirt. And if we can't do it this year, we're, we're definitely doing it next year. And we looked and we're like, okay, we understand, but why? And like, I, I mean, I knew why my, you know, the, the summer program I coached for did it all the time. It was, you know, blue, blue, you know, baseball pants and a blue shirt. Right. And they wanted a step further where it was the same color pants and a black shirt. And, you know, just, okay, well, why do you guys feel that way? And they're like, because right now it feels like we're in gym class. Yeah. And it, and we don't want it to feel like that. And, uh, you know, and 
that that was a tell to the type of player that that team had back then and that that's just what they wanted and we haven't looked back you know and even on the days that we you know do give the kids a break like if we're just doing bp in florida you know before you know four hours before a game all right guys black shorts and a white t-shirt you know so everybody shows up in the same thing and even if we're in shorts we're still uniform we still look the same and it 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 changed the game for us to be honest with you and i i don't know if i could ever run a practice that's not like that yeah it's well you get the, the cool thing is you get you're getting buy-in from the players and that age group you know when they buy into something it's it's powerful and Unfortunately, I just and I see it traveling around the high school season and so, you know watching travel games or you know whatever. I just I see there's just so much um, disparity when it comes to what you know kids are being taught and learned in the game, and it's just it's it's it scares me sometimes honestly because this game means so much to me and God, it's just a goal to to make an impact on the game um, positively. Um, and I think I'm doing that now and I want to continue to do that for a long time. So it's, it worries me sometimes that the, the, the younger, um, the kids are that the more they're not, they don't know about the stuff that I went through. They don't know about, you know, talking your shirt and is, is the right way to play the game. And, and, and even how, you know, how about running hard out of the box, like a hard 90, like people don't, they, the kids don't there's not taught that. So it's like, Hey, I hit a fly ball, weak fly ball to the infield. I'm not running hard. Like I'm, I'm mad. I got, I didn't hit the ball good. Well, you know, there's a, there is that chance that the guy drops it and you, you need to run hard because it, it, it builds team character and, and camaraderie. And, you know, you know, if you, if he drops it now, now what are we at? You got guys on the team mad at you. Coach is mad. It's just, it's. I see all these things that that happen, and I can't save it. You know, I know that I can't save the world, but um, I do think that I can help make a small impact in in the game. So, darn it, I want these these kids to wear their pants down. I want them. I want them to wear a belt, tuck a shirt in, keep the hat forward. It's like that stuff means something to me. It's like, and I people like they think I'm like joking, or they think I'm like crazy. Like, come on, like relax, Dan. I'm like, it's just, it's super important to me. And so if I was, you know, if I ever was in a spot where I was the head college coach, um, we'd have, you know, I don't know how good we'd be, but we would, we would definitely do things together. We do things the right way. You know, I, I think that's, you know, that's definitely a culture in the game that I hope is more uniform than I think it is. And it's, you know, no matter what we do, we do it as a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. You show up as a team, you leave as a team, you know, I mean, and, and I hope that, you know, and then that's one of my, my goals for this podcast is I hope that there are kids out there that listen to this and I hope they hear you say that in your position and that it means something more than, you know, oh, that's just coach talking, you know, right. and I, because, you know, it, I, I say things till I'm blue in the face sometimes and then. Yeah, sometimes I feel like a dad, you know, and I, I tell this story. My my dad, who, bless his soul, listens to every single one of these things, you know, he he used to joke around all the time. He's like, I can tell you something until I'm blue in the face, and then I'll pay somebody 40 bucks. He'll tell you the same thing, and it's the gospel truth coming from him. Yep, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, and I, and I feel that on a very real level sometimes. You know, I'll tell I'll tell a kid something till I'm blue in the face, and then 
you know, they go and hear it from a scout or a college coach or a recruiter or, you know, at a showcase event or just another coach that they play, you know, they filled in on some team somewhere along the way. And, you know, that coach said it to him too. And they're like, Oh coach, guess what? So-and-so said, and like weird. I, I've never heard that before. That's, that, that's a new one. <laughs> you know, to, it's, it's, it's fun to hear, but it's, it, I, I wholeheartedly understand where my old man was coming from for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just, it's not going to change either. Right. Like it's, it's just the way it kind of is like now that you're, if you're a high school coach, you, you say it so much now they have to hear it somewhere else to actually have buy-in, you know? And so that, like, I think it's just a culture thing where, you know, can you change that culture within your program to where when you speak, when you talk, when you have something to say that all eyes, all ears are pointed towards you and they're taking everything in, you know, they're, they're being sponges. They're soaking up every, everything they possibly can. Um, that is, that's the hard part. That's what we're trying to do. And I feel like no matter what position we're in, you know, I feel like me and you are, are still on that same sort of page where at the end of the day, if you had to quickly say what we want to do, it's we want to make an impact on the amateur baseball scene and help it. And that's, I mean, if I had to be really quick and brief, that's what the goal is. That's what I'm trying to do. Very fortunate to be making a living um, doing that. Very fortunate to be able to have other people depend on me. Um, you know, I've, like I said, two full-time guys, about 11 part-time guys in New York. So um, that is a great feeling um, that, that what basically I built from nothing has um, been able to create jobs and um, help hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players go on and become more visible um, to the, to the next level. And that's, that's, you know, what I think we're all trying to do here is, is that's why I want to talk to you and be on your podcast, because I think that at the end of the day, the, the mission, although maybe worded different, is the same. I, I tend to find that there's a lot of things in baseball that are the same story by different authors. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I found that through coaching. I found it through playing. And, you know, I I enjoy hearing like-minded, sorry, not like-minded, like people who share the same goal who can get on the same page and talk. And I, I'll be honest with you. And that's, that is one of the main goals of, of the podcast as a whole is to bridge the gap between, you know, the, the very big gap between high school coaches and summer travel coaches, because right now, you know, there, there's a rift there in this area. There always has been, it's not as big as it used to be, but it's definitely bigger than it needs to be. And, you know, having, having guys on from all walks or both walks or one or the other, and bridging the gap, you know, because I, I believe that there's a lot of like-minded people out there in that goal. I believe that there are a lot of people out there who want to make the game better, who want to help the game, who want to advance the game. And I think we've reached a point that the only way to do that is to start working together and stop arguing with each other. And, you know, and disagreements are going to happen. You know, your your philosophy on something versus mine may be different. But as long as our goal is the same, that conversation matters absolutely that's why i said earlier like i can have a i can have a conversation with someone who's vocally um expressed displeasure and something that pbr new york does and i can leave that conversation with that person and we're on the same page and we are working towards 
it's a better relationship. I've, I've never been the person just to say, okay, you don't agree with me. You don't like what we're doing. Um, well, you know, the bus is leaving. You're not on. See you later. That's, that's never been, that's never been my mindset because I, I respect and, um, really need people, you know, their opinions because it's, it's what can help change procedures, policies, things that we do from an organizational standpoint in New York. Um, everyone's opinion does matter whether it's right or wrong. And, you know, we take those things into consideration all the time. So it could be from a college coach, could be a travel coach, could be a, a parent, you know, some, and, you know, parents, unfortunately, sometimes have the goggles on that their kid is, you know, the next Derek Jeter, but the reality is he's very far from that. And so those are the tough, tough conversations, but I like having them. My staff likes having them because at the end of the day, we are really only here to help. Like we're not here to hurt. We're not here to make you a, a worse player. We're not here to uh, make you feel, you know, disgruntled. You know, we're here to make you excited about the game and potentially getting your yourself on a bigger platform, building your resume. A lot of people don't understand. Like when you come to one of our events, there's there's always like a, a video element through a subscription but there's a video in there so college coaches see that so maybe you came at eighth grade and then you come at ninth twice then maybe you come every year two times well now you're going to have seven eight videos in your profile you're going to have numbers that have changed your height and weights have changed your picture changes um you know there's a different scouting report uh from you know usually it's never the same person so it might be my opinion one time it's another worker's opinion so now you're getting a lot of different feedback and that's how you build a resume. That's how you, that's how you would in the real world, right? Like you, you have entry level jobs, you have internships and you build that to where you're trying to get into this next profession and your resume needs to reflect that. So a college coach wants to go and look at, you know, wants to look at a player's resume. Well, they use us because a, there's no other, um, you know, company, independent scouting company in the country that has, more players than we do. I mean, we're looking at as a national company, a hundred thousand kids a year come to showcases. Wow. I mean, that is insane. Um, 43 states. So now you have 43 states that are all on the same page, pulling the rope the right direction. Um, you know, just pumping out information on kids and these college coaches, it makes their job much, much easier. So, you know, they don't even need to come to the showcases. I mean, there's only a few showcases that the college coaches even come to. And, you know, at first parents were like, you know, we just paid money and there's no coach here. And so then I have to really explain it like, hey, you know, we're going to put it all over social media, which that's where the coaches are lurking. They're watching, they're sitting in the weeds and, and they're watching. And then you have the uh, videos go get edited and get put in the profiles. Now this, the college coaches, there's over 900 in the country that pay per month as subscribers to see that. So now they're looking at stuff. I mean, a great, a great example of how fast this works is we're, you know, at an event, we have a kid who's throwing really well. He's like 87, 88 quick arm. You know, I post a video real fast on our PBR New York Twitter and we get a message from Clemson like 10 minutes later, like, Hey, can we get contact information on this kid? Wow. And so like, those, are, those are the things that like, you know, if I, if I wanted to brag and boast, which obviously I'm, you know, we're, I'm, we're talking about now. So people might be like, well, you kind of are, but 
we could have put that out and be like, hey, Clemson just reached out to us, like, and let people know that. But for us, it's just like we know that's what the reality is. Like, if you're a good player and do really well at one of our events, everyone's going to know about you. Now, that also, you know, just because we're going to, you know, just because we have so many subscribers or we have so many eyes on what we're doing doesn't mean you're automatically going to get anything from it, like any attention from it. So that's the hard thing for, you know, for some kids. But, you know, the playing field's even. You know, and that's, that was the hardest part, too, was convincing people, like, hey, we're, we were working with X um, showcase or, you know, travel company, and they were sending their players. So now this other travel company didn't want to have their players come because they didn't want their players interacting with the other ones or they thought the other coach might try to take some of their players. And that's when I started saying, holy crap, I cannot believe that it's this crazy. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm trying to play nice with everybody. So then I had to restructure my relationships with people and who I had doing things with me and making sure that, you know, everyone could see on the face value what we were. And then they could look deeper and say, it's still the same. Like there's no, there's nothing, there's no hidden agenda. Like what they say at the face is what their core beliefs are. And it's, so there was trial and error. I mean, I had an issue in Albany with a guy, um, you know, I have had, um, some things happen in, in, in Western New York in your backyard where we had to, we had to, you know, not really, I wouldn't say mend any, any fences, but really just change some structures and things that we did. So, um, and, and get, get, you know, you know, we haven't really had a person in Western New York in a long time, like be a PBR guy. We've really just kind of made good relationships with everybody, you know? So now we have all the travel groups, you know, you got, full circuit you have uh, the western new york prospects um, i know there's a there was our Gates team uh, we have now the the there's the junior griffs those those guys are, are really talented you have the thunder wolves obviously like now everyone is like hey we're, you know we want our kids to do this stuff and before it was like well it, it was more about an ego or pride thing versus what's best for the kids Right, and it start, it started to change. I'm sure you you've seen it or saw it, and it started to change, which is great. We have, you know, we have a lot of good traction in Western New York now, and in in that whole area in the Greater Rochester, Buffalo area. But it was a challenge the first couple of years, and I, you know, Long Island's always been an issue because it's like a there's like a fortress around Long Island, but I was so surprised with how protective and. Um, I wouldn't say like they didn't want to work with you, but they, they just, they were really, you know, reserved, you know, and kind of held back in Western New York. And it, um, you know, it took, it's taken a long time, but I think at least, you know, maybe I'm naive, but I think that the relationships now with everyone are are really good. And um, a lot of kids are coming to events and benefiting from it. So that's, that's kind of the long winded response to whatever it was, five minutes ago I was talking about. <laughs> Trust me, I, I wholeheartedly understand that. I do it all the time. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely, there's definitely been a lot of, you know, a lot of growth in this area, especially of late. You know, there's, there's people are more open to talking, especially as you're seeing a changing of the guard to it being a younger crew around oh, here. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I, I made mention the other day that I feel like there are more and more baseball guys in the high school ranks than there ever have been. Um, you know, I, which I think is only good. It, it, it's only going to benefit the game as a whole. And I'm, you're starting to see a lot more crossover. You're starting to see a lot more high school coaches that do travel, that do coach travel. You're seeing travel coaches, even if it's just as an assistant coach in the ranks of high school and, you know, even five years ago, you didn't, you know, you would have never seen that. I mean, that, you know, when I, when I got hired at Lancaster, it was an, an anomaly. I mean, there, there were people in the travel community that couldn't believe I got a job despite the fact that I graduated from the place. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a testament to this place opening up. And I think the, the, the growth of PBR and the willingness of organizations to work with a group like PBR is huge. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think at the end of the day too, like obviously I'm, I'm very biased, but when you peel the layers back to what we do, the end result is it, it, it can help these kids um, big time and it can, it can put these players um, on a, on a platform that's just really probably not um, feasible any other way. And it's, I, I believe it's very affordable. Um, you know, there are other comparable things, um, companies that have things that that do something similar to us are three times as as expensive and it's uh it there's nobody that does it on a on a we we always kind of do like the 24 7 we feel like we are in the bloodstream of new york baseball 24 7 um we we honestly will 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 put something out almost every single day even most holidays um we we put we've already put a a video spotlight at spotlight out today on a player up in western new york um they actually went to go gowanda high school right um and that's the cool thing for me is like we so we have an we'll have an event and then i'll see kids from you know it's not always the big schools i'll see kids from like a gowanda or you know a small area like olean or portville um you know wellsville like these these areas i will see players and there's some really good players that honestly what else like those kids aren't playing a lot of those kids aren't playing travel baseball they play rack or legion um not even because they it's just because it's not in their area and maybe their parents couldn't can't get them there um or can't you know afford to do it so these kids are now having an opportunity you know it's not just the elite travel kids that can come to our events it's kids that you know maybe never have played travel baseball at all it might be the high school um, junior that didn't make his high school team because he goes to a huge school that, um, you know, he, he ended up getting cut. He can't play JV, so he's done. Well, he comes to one of our events in the, in the summer, and maybe there's a Division three or junior college or, you know, something that, that's like, hey, we like this kid. Now this kid's got an opportunity still. Um, and, and, you know, before when you really look at it, recruiting was much, much different. You know, you, you the, when I went through it, it was, uh, geez, there was it was Legion Ball tournaments. There was, um, you know, there was a few showcases you would, you could go to, and you 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 really um, had to be at the right place at the right time a lot of times. And um, now it's like, just come to one of our events and you'll have that profile forever. Right. You know, so you do really well, and you know now you send that profile that URL link that's always yours you send that to every college in the country if you want and take your recruiting into your own hands. Because I think a lot of times that's the problem. Like these kids don't, 
actually go out and work for their future. They they think, well, I went to this event. Let's just say I went to a PBR event. I thought I did good. You know, I didn't I didn't hear anything, so I don't understand. I didn't get anything out of it. And I'm like, well, you have a physical profile, a tool that you now have that you can either choose to come back and better it, or you can utilize it for what it is. Send that to colleges. Get yourself noticed that way. And there's really no one else that can that can provide that at the, like I said, the affordable cost that we are. So I think it's it's a, it's really a accumulation of all the things that we do. You know, and I think you've seen it. Um, it's just it's not just the showcase events. It's the social media stuff. It's not just the social media stuff. It's the website stuff. The articles. It's not just that. It's the personal relationships. And it just the list goes on and on to where people are like, listen, these guys are like family members to us we you know there's so many guys that i've talked to parents they're like you know they ask me tons of stuff just because you know hey what what my kid's working on a breaking ball you know they only know me through pbr events but they're asking me questions about his breaking ball i'm like of course i'll answer it right i had a i had a call from a dad out of the binghamton area on friday he just want to talk about you know the process with his kid he's had a few few calls from colleges and um, wanted to, you know, just wanted to get my advice. Like, and so to me, I take that, I, I mean, I, I'm humbled. Like when, when I have parents want to reach out to me and talk because they, they value what I think that's, that's a big deal to me. I definitely don't, I don't take that stuff lightly. So, um, you know, we're just, I just think that we outwork people and we, we, we really believe in what we do. And I have a good staff that is all pretty much on the same page. So I think that's all of that is the reason why, um, this year has been, you know, we've, we've had over 1500 kids through showcases this year. We've scouted another 1500. So we're over 3000 kids right now that we have scouted in some capacity in the, in this, uh, time frame. We still have September and October. Um, there's, you know, our New York state games, which, which has morphed into the largest recruited event in the Northeast, um, had 112 college programs come this year, 400 kids participated, um, that's just continued to grow and grow and grow. And um, 50 kids already, I think it's like 55 kids from that event have already committed. So, I mean, wow. it, it's just really, really blown up. And the, the, the really good thing about me is I, I really am a grounded person and I appreciate what this has turned into, but I'm not satisfied with it. We're going to continue to work hard and we're, we're going to take people's suggestions um, we're going to listen to everyone's opinion and we're going to continue to develop and get better because that's what this whole thing's all about is continuing to move forward and help these kids the best we can. And sometimes we don't have all the answers and we're working, you know, we're working hard at trying to uh, be as, as good as we can. Yeah. I mean, it, he, hearing those numbers is absolutely astonishing. I, I know, I know you guys are very, very popular, but that, those numbers are unreal. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is like we, we, uh, you know, we post it when the, when a kid, when a kid commits, we, we post it on our lot, you know, on our website. And the, the one thing we don't do, and I, we try to, we see other people do it a lot, but like we post, Hey, this commitment watch this kid, you know, he obviously has a PBR profile. So we have a picture of him, but we don't, you know, we don't take credit for it. Right. Like that's the kid. The kid is the one that has hopefully put that, that kind of work in, to now be a, a college athlete, you know, cause when they get to college, that, that road, 
becomes much windier, much busier, a lot more potholes, um, a lot of lot of lot of stuff on your plate when you're a college athlete. So hopefully that person has has earned everything that they've got to that point. So we we always put it out there because that's our job. But we hope that people understand that is the kid. The kid has earned that. Um, whether they whether he, you know it was our one of our events that helped get him on the map, whether it was this travel coach, whether it was a high school coach putting in extra time, maybe it was a parent that was just really on top of things and sending things out to colleges. You know, we like to believe that we can all work together and we can we can all kind of pull, like I say, pull that rope in the same direction. We we love high school coaches. You know, we really do. Like we feel like that's the biggest bridge that needs to be gap or the biggest gap that needs to be bridged right now is is the high school and what's going on with how can we get them more involved you know last year we put out a thing where i don't know if you got it um, but we put it out to as many high school programs that we have on in the database and we put it out to ad's like hey high school coaches this summer we have xyz opportunities for scouting for stuff like that we would love to have high school coaches out helping us and you know providing potentially a uh a summer job because most of the high school coaches are teachers so they have some flexibility in the summer so that was one of our initiatives last year is to try to get the uh, high school coaches more involved with us and, and get some more buy-in from them you know because a lot of times the window that you guys have is so much smaller than a travel coach so you know we want to still make sure that you guys um are still someone that we talk to on a, on a really consistent basis because um, we know this, not every player plays travel ball, but we do know that every player that's, that's wants to play baseball plays high school. Right. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of kids that we still don't know in the state of New York. I did the numbers, you know, last week in the office, there's like 35,000 kids from modified up that play high school baseball in New York. Now just wrap your head around that. So we've seen about 3000, some of those kids are could be the same kid, you know, from different sort of multiple events or scouting things. So let's just say two thousand, you know, kids that that are unique kids. Well, there's still thirty thousand out there that are playing the game that we haven't touched yet. Right. So it's a huge state. Over nine hundred and fifty high schools play baseball at the modified J V and varsity level. Some schools, a school like Arlington high school really good friends with their program they have two um two varsity teams wow. like well, two varsity teams so it is uh there's just there's just huge numbers here in new york um it's uh <laughs> it, it's it's fun i love the job but it is it's challenging trust me it's challenging to try to make everyone happy it's challenging to do rankings um it's challenging to to you know make sure everything's always um up and up and you know you're you're up you're up with where this kid's moving to or this kid's now going to be a um going to a prep school and he's reclassified and like trying to stay up with all these things is is it's a full-time 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 job we we put in way more than than the normal um, work hours but um it's 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 a lifestyle for us it's not even a job it's a lifestyle right um i mean i again a floor floored by the numbers there like that's, I don't I don't think people realize the the, the the scope of that to be honest with you and, you know I'm, 
I'm going to go on record here and say if you guys need to help in any way, shape, or form, I am always down to be more involved in the game of baseball. And, you know, in in any way I can. You know, I, I know you... You know, there was a point you reached out like, hey, do you know of any, any place with turf? And, you know, yeah, here's 15 high schools that have turf in, in the area. Like, you know, I mean, I've, 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 I've got, I've got my, you know, my fingers dug into a lot of places, have a lot of friends in the game. And, you know, if, if I don't know somebody there, I probably know somebody who does. So, Absolutely. you know, in, in any way, shape or form I can help, I would love to. And, you know, I, I, like I, said, I hope you do. Um, well, we're, uh, we're approaching the minute and 15 mark here, which is going to be, I'm not going to cut this into two episodes. I think this conversation rolled out very, very well. Um, you know, and there's not going to be a good spot for a natural break. So it's going to be a long episode and I hope people enjoy it. I know you guys have um, some events coming up in the next month or so. If you want to yep. plug those real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. All right. Awesome. So yeah, we have a, we have our fall top prospect games. Um, that's September 21st and also 22nd. Each day has two sessions. So we have a morning session and an afternoon session, both days. Um, the Sunday has really worked out well for kids that play fall sports. You know, you got the soccer, you have golf, you have um, football. So, um, those kids generally have that Sunday clear. Um, we still have availabilities in, in those, but they are getting closer to selling out. Um, that's in September. That's at Cortland. Um, there's two turf, turf, turf fields um, right in uh, the same complex. So it's a, it's a really cool venue for us. We just kind of do the whole thing at once. Um, then obviously October, we, we really heat up. And we, uh, we're actually going to be at Sal Magley Stadium for the uh, last chance Western New York event. And that is on Monday, October either 12th or 13th or 14th, whatever Columbus Day is. Um, so we are going to be in Western New York at Sal Magley Stadium. Actually really fired up for that because I've heard they've done a lot of work on that field over the years. I've, I, the last time I've been there was 2009, and it was still cool, you know, because it was an old-school pro park. I love that stuff, but I've heard they've, they've done a lot of things to the field, so I'm excited to see that. I can I can tell you from experience I got the opportunity to play on that field this summer and it is in a lot better shape than it ever has been. Okay, great. Uh, so. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's a cool venue. It's a cool name. Um, you know, I'm really good friends with the Niagara Community College head coach Matt Klingersmith. Um, almost everyone knows him in the region, and he uh, he was able to you know get us the field. So we're excited about that. We do love our you know Buffalo area events, and we. Uh, we, we have one in, at Auburn, actually, in, for Central New York at their Pro Park, which they just turfed now. So, you know, we have uh, Eastern New York one at Dutch at Dutchess Stadium, which is another minor league park with turf. And we finish at, um, uh, we go to Mercy College at the end of October, um, which is a turf uh, college field over towards, more towards like the city area, downstate New York. So, uh, we have all that going on. We have some junior college events going on in October. Uh, we have a couple senior days. So you have a kid that slipped through the cracks, and he's a 2020. He's, he's a senior now, and just you know hasn't hasn't found his his place yet. You know, worry not because we have some options for you as well to to still come and be seen and um, get somewhere you know figured out before it gets too late. So yeah, that's that's what a uh, October looks like. And then really want to plug the um, November 1st and 2nd, New York Baseball Convention. I actually hope that you will be there. 
Um, we will, we're going to do what we can to get you there. It'd be really cool to have you. Um, that's at Turning Stone Casino. We have a tremendous, tremendous lineup of speakers. I'm talking so much knowledge of baseball is going to be in that room over those two days. Um, Dan Pepicelli, who is at Cornell, will be there. He was also at um, Clemson as their top assistant for quite a few years. Um, we have Jason Grilly, who pitched in the Big for a long time. He's going to be a keynote speaker. Uh, we have, you know, Toby Bicknell, which is a, a really good friend of mine. He's a coach down in Charlotte. And then we have, you know, Binghamton coach Ryan Herba. We have uh, Coach Brown at Cortland. Um, it, the list goes on and on and on of speakers. And it's going to be, a, it's, you know, it's going to be an awesome event. So um, I actually would, I'll, I'll give you some more information. Maybe you can plug it for us. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. So after that, we shut down, we shut the doors um, until February and we'll start kicking our February preseason events out in um, November. And those things sold, um, sold out in like six weeks last year. So wow. we do, yeah, we do like six events all over the state of New York. We had over 600 kids come to events that week, uh, the break week in February. And this year, even more so than last year, it's going to be um, the the trials to get invited to the New York State Games. So if you're not at one of those in February, you, you your chances of going to the New York State Games dramatically fall. So it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to get in and show what you did all winter. And, you know, other than that, the schedule is uh, is going to be empty in uh, November, December, January, so the kids can, you know, not feel like they need to be showing, you know, how hard they throw or stuff like that in a, in a time when they shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm sure it kind of gives you guys a, a chance to kind of reset and reorganize for the upcoming year. So, yeah, which which, which is probably much needed at that point. Yeah, it is. You know, like my staff is is you know they they work hard. Uh, we have really really active times. Um, that is a good time where it's more of office stuff like, Hey, you know, we're in the office three days a week and knocking out reports or, um, you know, fine tuning rankings or, you know, just getting articles out and, you know, game planning for the next upcoming year or even the summer. So it's, it is, it's a little bit more, more, a little more downtime, but again, we're, we're always working for these kids. So it's, it's never, it's never true downtime. Right. Well, I, uh, you know, if you, I, I'll do my I'll do my best to plug all of those events, especially the one that's uh, here in our backyard. And you know, I'm there's probably a good chance you'll see me at at that event, just kind of checking things out and I love it. You know, doing a little coverage on that, and then you know, I I've actually been seeing you guys rolling out the uh, the presenters for the for the coaches conference, and that's you know, it's definitely on my radar. So that's. Uh, that's definitely something that I'm going to try to see if I can work out too. So, um, I, Dan, I appreciate having, you know, you coming on the show, taking and almost an hour and a half at this point to talk to me. And, uh, I, we, we will definitely do this again. I, I've really enjoyed this and I hope you have too. And like I said, I, uh, you know, it's been, been a lot of fun and I really, really do appreciate you being on. Absolutely, man. I'll do this anytime. Um, yeah, anything to, to help the uh, amateur baseball game I'm in. So appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, and thanks everyone for tuning in here, and uh, hope uh, hope you guys enjoyed it.